I'm Luke Edwards, welcome to NL Full Time. I'm on Wembley Way, as you can hear. FA Trophy Final. Warrington Rylands won the FA Vars earlier, congratulations to them. But we're here for the FA Trophy Final between Hereford and Hornchurch. You'll hear bits of audio throughout the pod, and then we'll do a roundup of all the National League fixtures as well later on. So it's about half an hour to kick off, and fans are in. As you can hear, it's good to hear the fans back in. We're kind of where we're perched is near the uh, the Hornchurch end. So they're just going over to the fans now, as you can hear, getting G'd up. A lot of Hornchurch fans here, a lot of Hereford as well. Both sides just going through the warm-up. to me to tell you that the two teams are out listen to the noise we've missed that haven't we really bright start by both sides Hornchurch have had the first chance of down the left hand side it was Ellis Brown with a low ball in and Brandon Hall gathered it. Hornchurch won't fear Hereford, of course. He not knocks County out on penalties in the semis, so... Hereford won't have an easy ride this afternoon. First blood to the Bulls. Really well-worked corner from the right-hand side. It's Chris Camwell who played across to Tom Owen Evans. He just peeled out to the edge of the area and he drilled it in with the help of a deflection... And he scored it the opposite end to where the fans are. He sat off and head down right to the other end and then knee slid when he got there. But it's Hereford who'd take the lead on 12 minutes. So there's a stoppage in play. Half an hour gone, still 1-0 to Hereford. And since the goal, Hereford have been more or less in control. They've had a couple of generous decisions go their way in terms of free kicks, maybe 50-50s in vital areas of the field. But just chance for everyone to... To regroup, no real other goal chances apart from that goal from Tono in Evans. And then when you look at the replay, it does take a massive deflection. So potentially it could go down as an own goal. Half time here, Hornchurch nil, Hereford won. Tono in Evans with a goal, possibly an own goal as well. Some debate about it in the press box. Been a game of very few chances. Hornchurch had one just right at the end. Then they'll feel a bit hard done by in terms of decisions going against them referee Tony Harrington he's a football league referee he's given a lot to Hereford Hereford on the bounce of play probably do deserve to be ahead though interesting second half coming up so it's our time here in the FA Trophy final and I'm with friend of the podcast Phil Brennan and we've taken an ages to record this because we've just been arguing over the goal I say, I say it's Tom Evans's goal even though Tom Owen Evans's goal even though it took a deflection you said it's an own goal there's a massive difference between a deflection and a diving header putting it into the bottom corner. <laughs> it's on target, man. The keeper was going to catch it. <laughs> Listen, I'm an ex-forward and I wouldn't take that goal. I think, I'm not even sure, I think 
from the amount of times I've watched it and I've been watching BT playing it back, I think it might have been Owen Church's own centre forward who's edited it. I don't know if I, I'll yeah. look at it again, but listen, technically, like you say, it was on target, but the keeper's making a comfortable save and the lads found the only part of the goal the keeper hasn't covered and it's gone in the bottom corner. But to be fair though, they deserted it for the corner routine, didn't they? It was a brilliant little routine. I've just been playing that back again. I mean, it was just a lovely little triangle took out ten defenders. Yeah. Just two little passes took out ten defenders. And when you work on stuff like that and it, were, it ends in a goal, then you've got to applaud it. And, and in all honesty... Hereford have, you know, they've bossed it. They've been the better side. Yeah, comfortable since the goal on the Hornchurch have come back into it a little bit, but uh, yeah, they, they just they've got that experience, Hereford, I think, haven't they? they well, they look comfortable all, all over the park. Yeah. And Butlin up front is a right handful, and he's a proper old-fashioned striker, <laughs> and he he takes everything when he goes in. He takes everything when there's a header coming in for it. If he's not heading it, the defender's going to feel some pain. And that, I don't mind that. I don't mind the centre forward who puts himself about. And he's not actually that big. He's, he's wide, but he's not very tall. But he's, he's decent, decent. Well, Hereford are coming back out so quickly. It's non-league finals day. This is your second final of the day, isn't it? And Warrington won the first one. First hat-trick in the Vars final since 1979. And that was a really good game as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a belting game. And, and mainly the, the main reason I came down is... I've covered Warrington a lot for the paper this year and uh, to be honest, if I hadn't have come and they'd have lost, I probably wouldn't have been allowed in the ground again because <laughs> Paul Stretford told me I had to come. He didn't offer to pay for me to come, by the way. But yeah, he said, you know, you've got to be there, you've been for every game. And um, I'm, I'm glad I came. And Elliot Nevitt, who's a player I watched, I've watched a couple of times at City of Liverpool and he's one of them players. If he had another sort of, maybe another stone about him, he wouldn't be playing at this level. He, yeah. If he, if he got a little bit more bulk about him because he's a player he's a good player but as a team Rylands are a very very good team and 3-2 and three, three, didn't really tell the story I think they, they comfortably won the game well uh, let's see how this goes in the second half and let's see if we can find out whether it was an on <laughs> coming up to the hour mark still 1-0 to Hereford another little stoppage Jordan Clark's down for Hornchurch. I think he's going to be replaced. Charlie Ruff's ready to come on. After uh, Hornchurch's bright start to the second half, Hereford had come back into it. A couple of half chances for them. Best one for Jared Hodgkiss, who headed over. But it's just fantastic noise around the stadium in general. It's in! It was headed onto his own bar and put in from a yard. It's a substitute, Charlie Ruff. He's uh, say headed onto his own bar, I think. I got quite sure who it was from a Hereford point of view. But then Ruff headed it in on the line in the end and celebrated as you heard. It was uh, Grimes. Came off Grimes' as man bun onto the bar. And Ruff, well, it hit him in the face actually initially. He controlled it and yeah, he's actually knocked it over the line with his chin in the end. And. Uh, it doesn't matter how it goes in for Hornchurch, but it's game on. Listen to this! Hornchurch has scored again! I don't know who it is, he's ripped his shirt off and everything. 
Oh, he's in on goalie. Can he finish? He has! It's game over! Ellis Brown! Hornchurch are going to win the FA Trophy! On the break, Mark Stimson. He's been in three finals, never lost them! This incredible stuff. They're all singing just a pub team from Hornchurch. You've seen off so many teams in this competition and they've done it again I mean they weren't really in this game for an hour and then they've equalised and they've been the better side ever since it's full time here there's people on the pitch they think it's all over and it is now was a famous line coined they shouldn't be on the pitch really but they're, uh, well, the enthusiasm of them all and Hornchurch have done it after being behind Mark Stimson applauding the Hornchurch fans and uh, unbelievable <laughs> Phil, what Wow, what, what a second half. I mean, Hornchurch looks out of it. They didn't look like they were going to get back in at all. And then they got the equaliser, a different game, on it? Second half, especially the, the second half of the second half. Just class. Substitutions won it for them. Yeah. I mean, the substitutes, all of three of them have been involved. And they've, they've, the fresh legs always makes a difference. But at that time, like you say, when they came on, you, you, even then you didn't think, oh, they're going to get back in this. And they've got back in it. With a bit of fortune, yeah. the second goal was quality. I mean, great bit, great bit of skill, and that te that tecker's there will be on the telly for a long time. And then it's always great to see somebody score from the half when he run from the halfway line. I mean, when he first got it, he was going to run into the yeah, corner, he was. wasn't he? And, and he had he cramp before, didn't he as well? But you know, they fully deserve it. It's a strange one. I mean, we talked about it off air before. I was there for the other the FA Vars final when Hereford took the lead after about 90 seconds mm. and the second half got hammered by Morpeth and the same things happened to him again <laughs> they're just it's a different set of players but you know you got a feel for them it's they just they were all over on church on church were making mistakes left right and centre but they just you said to me off air you, you know they've come back so many times in games that you can't write them off and absolutely right and fully deserved it and what an entertaining setting half yeah he's got the Midas touch on him Mark Stimson in this competition I bet he never thought he'd be back here again but three finals three wins well I mean when you're a lucky a lucky manager or a lucky player I mean it's just it's one of them isn't it you, yeah Stimson's got that touch and it, it's just it's nice I know it's a terrible thing to say but it's nice that he's allowed to bring his son on for the last few <laughs> minutes isn't it? you know what I mean it, it, I'd have done the same myself but no I really really enjoyed it I was a bit at half time I was thinking where's this game going it's not there was nothing about it but uh, glad I stuck with it and about 10 minutes from the end you were thinking of your tea and you went I hope this doesn't go to extra time because I'm hungry and lo and behold you were you were delighted weren't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've done me there <laughs> basically we, we said last night we were, we'd be home straight after the game couple of hours up the motorway to my son-in-law's <laughs> and then late last night he decides to ring his brother-in-law who's an Hereford fan uh, why don't you come with us 
And I said to him, if this goes to extra time, you're ringing my daughter and telling her that we're going to be late. And I was genuinely thinking it's going to extra time. So well done to Owen Church, saved me a bit of air bashing. <laughs> I think we controlled the first half. I just think um, we lost the game uh, second half where we just didn't retain the football. And they put pressure on us. Uh, when we won the ball back, we turned it over too easy. And I just think that ultimately cost us the game. You know, I feel for the lads, they're, they're, they're like sons to me. So um, you just see when we, we dropped off a little bit, you know, you just want to try and, you know, push them forward and, and, and do your best you can. Obviously, we made a couple of changes just to kind of up the tempo a little bit. But um, we just didn't keep the ball well enough second half. And that was, that was the undoing of us, to be honest. My lads are respectful. That's what they are, a respectful football club. You know, sometimes you've got to feel that hurt. I feel it now. I'm hurting now. Um, but I know about myself is I'll come back stronger because of this. And I know my, my players will come back a lot stronger. And sometimes you have to go through this to really prepare yourself forward. And, and, and I know we'll do that next season. So I'm back now in my hotel room after the excitement of Wembley. And joining me now to give his thoughts on what he's seen today at Wembley and also to look through the National League results, it is... England C goalkeeping coach and friend of the podcast, Mick Payne. Hi, Mick. Yeah, hi, Luke. Yeah, uh, what a day that was at Wembley. Uh, I think everyone who uh, witnessed that today was uh, in for a treat. It was a really good, well, you know, the second game was outstanding. Uh, the Vars game was also a, a very good encounter as well. Yeah, I mean, we're focusing more on, on the FA Trophy game, but um, we, shouldn't be surprised, we shouldn't be surprised that Hornchurch... Uh, came back because I think to get to the final, they've beaten teams that have been above them in every game, barring Wingate and Finchley in the first round. They've beaten three National League teams. They've beaten two National League North teams and one National League South team. So it wasn't a massive surprise, although after 75 minutes, you couldn't see where Her- where Hornchurch were going to score from. Hereford looked comfortable, but then the substitutes changed again, didn't they? Without doubt, as I said, it's no clue, though, uh, Luke, you know, uh, Mark Stimson... I know Mark very, very well indeed. Uh, chat to him regular. You know, he, he organised his side. I mean, it's been a difficult uh, time to get the team organised, but every time I speak to him, he said, you know, they go in, those lads have got that attitude, never say die attitude, if you like, Luke. And uh, you're dead right. I mean, the substitute, Charlie Rapp, is one of our lads we actually took out to the Falklands with us, and he came on, and uh, I thought he just brought a vibrance to the, to the outfit, to the side. And... You know what they did really, really well today for me, Hornchurch? They stayed in the game. You know, when people have been in the game, they, they could quite easily have sort of succumbed to a second goal. They didn't. And uh, they stayed in the game. They took the game deep, as you say. And, uh, yeah, they with 15 minutes to go. In, in the end, yeah, that, for me, they deserved it. They deserved it just by the way they stayed in the game and just showed that attitude I've mentioned about tenacity, enthusiasm, just to make sure they could get over the line, and they did it. And uh, great support there today, and thoroughly for me, thoroughly deserved result. And uh, good luck to them. And uh, I say, Mark Stimson somehow has uh, got that minus touch on that uh, FA trophy, hasn't he? Absolutely, and it, it was great, wasn't it, Mick? I mean, there was 9,000 fans in there, and at times it sounded like 90,000, didn't it? Magnificent. Mag- just magnificent, uh, Lewis said. Talking to you now, you know, we were privileged to be there and I feel privileged to be able to, you know, say we reported on the game, saw the game. We were very, very lucky, but those supporters made it for me. They made it for the players, they made it for the occasion. And as they say deep, deep down, it just shows you how vital our, our fans are to, to get this great game of football back on the road, you know, and uh, 
the game without fans just doesn't work, does it? And uh, today was a was a game for the fans, and they were they were you know given a real uh, fantastic uh, game to support and watch and uh, cheer both sides on, you know. And you've got to say, Hereford fans as well, they were they were terrific as well. Yeah, and Brandon Hall, someone who you know well. I mean, have you had a chance to speak to him or? I haven't had a, I've not had a chance to speak with Brandon. I spoke to him prior to the game, and uh, I'm just going to leave it, you know, perhaps till tomorrow. I mean, today, I mean, you know, both keepers really didn't have a great deal to do in terms of saves. It was a, uh, you know, something in terms of, uh, you know, weren't many opportunities. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've just looked at the the, the equalising goal. It's one of those that's just sort of come off the bar and it, it's fallen, fortunately, you know, to uh, Charlie Ruff who. I think was trying to head it in. It sort of hit him on the sort of chest and rolled in. Mm. Um, second goal again was a, you know you got to say was a, uh, a decent finish, you know, and you know it's just one of those days for, for Brandon. Not really a great deal of chance with the goals, and as I said, it was a, a bit of pill to swallow for them. But you know you can't take nothing away from Hornchurch the way they set their game plan out today. And uh, as I say, I just what well, I mentioned for me, they took the game deep. We're going to move on and look at the National League fixtures now and Sutton could be champions as, as we record this, this is Saturday evening, Sutton play on Sunday against Hartlepool, we'll bring up to date with that one later on but Sutton could be champions if they win that because Torquay they slipped up against Barnet. They were 2-0 up and uh, in the clear, going well. Goals from Jake Andrews and that man, Connor Lemahay Evans. Had them 2-0 ahead against Barnet. Of course, Barnet, who are down at the bottom, but have improved recently under Simon Bassey. But goals from Michael Petrasso and Thekas Kefalas, the young Greek defender, got Barnet back level. And uh, first of all, Mick, I know, obviously... Uh, Paul Fairclough, who you know really well, went into Barnet, steadied the ship, and Dave Anderson and Simon Bass have gone in there. And before we look at Tarkey, massive credit to Barnet for that result. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, we were chatting today at the game and uh, over various uh, aspects how the games have gone. I mean, let's get it right, Luke. It's a free hit. It's a free hit for the likes of Barnet. And I don't mean to take anything away from their performance because their uh, upturn has been fantastic, you know, with, it, with the management that's gone in there and as you rightly say, Paul went in there and steadied it. But it is a free hit, so they've got nothing to lose, everything to gain, those players. And, uh, yeah, they've gone away and, uh, you know, really, well, caused a real upset today with, uh, you know, getting that 2-2 draw there at uh, Torquay and fair play to them. But it's a funny old thing, isn't it? You know, nerves do play the part. And whether Torquay have got themselves in a bit of a, a pickle in terms of their nerves, I don't know. But uh, it's going to be an interesting one, I think. You're right. It's... Uh, it's, come, it's, it's a great season ending now, isn't it, in this uh, National League? It really is. Yeah, as you say, um, Torquay had the chance to put pressure on Sutton going into that last game. And uh, if Sutton can beat Hartlepool, then they will be champions. And, and they've stayed the course. I think everyone expected Sutton to drop away, didn't they? But they haven't. Well, I think that's exactly right. Uh, you know, uh, it was uh, Matt Gray's, you know, that type of guy who just keeps going, keeps going. He's got a good group there. I think I spoke on, on this uh, podcast a, a few weeks ago. They're organised. They played their, to their strength, Sutton. And yeah, they've kept going. And uh, I'm, I've been not slightly surprised. I, I, I've been surprised 
but I've also been pleased with the way that they've gone about their business quietly. And, uh, yeah, they, they're going... I mean, that's not going to be an easy one, though, tomorrow, Luke. There's no doubt about that. Mm. The game tomorrow is not going to... It's not done and dusted. And uh, they know if they win the game, they are their champions. End of story. You know, that's it. But uh, they know they've got to get something out of that. And you just mentioned about Barnett. That's where they go the last game of the season, isn't it? Uh, Sutton. So, uh, you know, Barnett are still going to try to uh, upset the... Uh, they've already upset Torquay today, so... You never, ever know, do you, really? No, absolutely not. And, and anything can happen in this league. And you know, looked at the, the fixtures this morning and, and seen that Stockport were playing Woking at home. Woking are on a, a dreadful run at the minute. Stockport, with the fans back in, with a win, could have put, um, closed the gap on Torquay. But as it was, they, they stumbled again at home, uh, Stockport. They've got a similar record to Torquay. they They've won the first out of the last five games. They've won the first two and drawn the last three. And they didn't even get one of their players on the score sheet today. It was a Ben Gering own goal which rescued Stockport after Max Kretschmar put Woking ahead. And they're just they're a bit up and down in a minute. Stockport. I think that's five games at home now without a win. Yeah, no, it's, it's a strange uh, way that they've uh, finished this season. And you're dead right. You know that's not uh, going well for them. You know in these last few games of the season. What you do need to have, Luke, is you go into these playoffs, you know, on momentum. And sometimes the side that's got the momentum will get that that sort of uh, final sort of uh, promotional place. So, yeah, it's a bit of a worry for the Stockport uh, faithful, if you like. But, you know, as you said, they've gone and played uh, Woking today. I saw Woking the other week. I mean, they're, 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 they're doing their best, Woking. And uh, it's uh, they've got a young group there. So they've gone there today and, uh, again, caused the problem. But I'll go back to what I said as well. It's a free hit for these sides down the bottom. It really is. So they've got nothing to lose. And, you know, young players come in. They've got a chance to sort of, uh, you know, stake a claim for a contract next year. They're playing for, you know, they're playing for their careers. So these uh, these young players with these teams that are down the bottom, as I said, I've got things to prove and uh, show the managers that, you know, I'm decent enough to get a contract next season. So fair play to those young players at Woking as well. Yeah, just to mention Stockport are 17 unbeaten, but a lot of those have been draws. And if they'd have turned a couple of those draws into wins, we'd have maybe been talking about them putting pressure on Sutton. Yeah, exactly right. Look, they're, they're, they're a fine side. Uh, they're, you know, they're a good group. Uh, we, we know a number of the players who are there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, listen, they're still going to be a force. There's no doubt about it. They'll be in those uh, playoffs. There's no doubt for me. But it's just making sure that they it then becomes that sort of, uh, well, one game after the other type of thing to get the results, you know. You want to you have a performance, but it's about getting the results and winning the games and uh, getting that uh, that second place, if you like, in the uh, you know promotional place. So they'll be definitely up for it. But it's, oh, what, a, what a, an incredible finish, as I said earlier, to this, uh, to this division with the, uh, the games up there. Yeah, and it's the same for the playoff places. Any... So, Notts County currently occupy fifth place. They are four points clear of Chesterfield in the last playoff place. So, Notts County have definitely secured their playoff place and uh, they did that in style as well. A 3-0 win over Weymouth at home and the goal scorers for Notts County. Ricardo Rodriguez, Carl Wooten and Enzo Balderwine. So, they're big players coming to the fore. Before we get your thoughts on, on that, Mick, the teams below them, uh, they're all vying for position all the way down to Solihull Moors in 11th because Solihull have a game in hand, as do Eastley and 
both of those teams had really good wins today. But uh, Chesterfield, a vital win for them over Dagenham and Redbridge by two goals to one. Danny Rowe getting the winner there. And Wrexham, a really entertaining game against Kingsland. They won 5-3 against the Kingsland side, who again have nothing really to play for. And uh, Gold Amatoyu. Gold Amatoyo got a couple of goals there. Jordan Ponticelli, Jordan Davis and Luke Young with a penalty. Two goals for Simeon Jackson and Sonny Carey for Kings Lynn. Um, Mick, where's your money? Because as, as you look at it, easily got a last-minute winner today through Joe Tomlinson. And as I said, Solly Hall had a really good win as well today. Uh, they won 4-1 four, four, away at Wheelstone. So uh, where's your money on for, the, for that last playoff spot? Well, you say it goes all the way down, as you say, to Solihull and uh, the points now are, well, you've got Wrexham on the, uh, the 67 mark, haven't you, then Chesterfield 66 and, you know, Halifax are on sort of 60, sort of 5. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, it really, really is. And uh, as I say, they've got a big game on Tuesday, Eastley. That's the one, isn't it? They got, they've got a good, they've got a big game on East, uh, Eastley on Tuesday, I, I believe, against... Uh, is that right? And, uh, yeah, they're away at Altrincham, yeah, on they, Tuesday. Yeah, if they could get a result there, that would put them on the 68 mark, wouldn't it? So, you know, they, they will fancy their, their t- chances and then get their sort of that, that result on Tuesday. That should bode well to keep them perhaps in that uh, in that playoff position as well. But, you know, again, speaking with a number of people at Wembley today, and you look at those sides, Luke, it's sides who are all got, you know, generally all got football league sort of uh, status in their, in, you know, in their in their DNA, you know, uh, the Torquay, Stockport, you know, uh, Notts County, Hartlepool, Rex, and Chesterfield. It's 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 there's some big big hitters in that uh, in that group, and uh, you know, Bromley again have done pretty well. They got that last minute goal as well today, didn't they, Bromley? So it's it's it's. it's I really can't call it, to be honest, who's who the money's on in that sort of sense. But uh, I do believe if Eastley get a good result on Tuesday, that will give mm. them a real uh, opportunity in those playoffs. Yeah. Well. Rob saw Aldershot against Bromley today, as Mick mentioned there, a last-minute winner, winner for Bromley, and Rob and Josh Reese summed up the game for us. Just a quick wrap-up here from the EBB for the podcasters. Uh, well, Bromley somehow found a way to stay in that incredible battle for the playoffs with uh, a late, late, late winner uh, against Aldershot. Three times they had the lead. Aldershot pegged them back twice through Harry Paniartu. Um, and with me is uh, Aldershot Town top scorer for the season and I'm joined by Aldershot Town top scorer Josh Reese, who uh, unfortunately had to watch the game today through injury against his old side but Josh that was a fitting end to the season in terms of a spectacle and in terms of the interaction between the players and the crowd and, and the, the, uh, the excitement of it all that, that will have given some of the boys in the team at Aldershot, uh, a desire to want to do that again next season, I'm sure. And for Bromley, it just keeps those playoff hopes alive. Yeah, I thought it was an absolutely superb game. Um, really good. Uh, credit to Aldershot, to be fair. I thought first half, they were good without really threatening Mark Cousins' goal. Se- second half, they turned it up a notch. And in front of the East Bank, I thought, the, the f- despite the result today, I think the fans can be proud of what they saw. And um, that Bromley had everything to play for. Aldershot, not a lot, but... At times you you couldn't really tell the way they were bursting forward. I thought 
we got uh, Joel Noble higher in and around the penalty box and he was causing Kizzy a load of problems in the second half. Uh, credit to Harry, he took his goals really well and I could only really see one winner but Bromley have shown why they're in around the playoffs. Resolute um, and clinical took their chances well today. You've got, you've got someone like Michael Cheek in the team, you're always going to have a chance and he was on the periphery a bit today but he does what he does most weeks, scores and yeah, look, Aldershot will be disappointed. But it's been, it's been a bit of the story of their season, really, mm. in terms of they get, they're getting themselves in good positions. We get ourselves in good positions, and then maybe a lack of concentration, mistakes from our own silly mistakes, really just cost us. And uh, they were punished in the end. But uh, look, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't be out on the pitch today. But mm. from a spectator's point of view, what a game to watch! And and just a final word for Bromley, if they. There's still in a chance come that final Saturday it's going to be one hell of a fixture list isn't mm. it it's going to be some great excitement over the afternoon they needed that winner because I think it would have been their playoff hopes probably gone if they'd only drawn today and and, and the reason they were able to secure all three points cheek at one end but at the other end Cousins outstanding yeah well, I said in the studio um, I think Harry got the uh, Aldershot man of the match but I think overall man of the match I thought Mark Cousins was, was the man of the match for both teams I thought he was absolutely outstanding kept Bromley in the game in the second half and like, I've, I've obviously having uh, feet in both camps and being a Bromley player but I've played with Mark Cousins and for me he's the best goalkeeper in the league and interesting on the last day of the season uh, say Solihull go to Kingsland on Tuesday evening Eastleigh play away at Aldringham then the last game of the season it's Solihull Moors against Eastleigh that could be a playoff decider so a massive game there and I mean I, I said it last week Mick I don't think I think if you're in the playoffs, you you wouldn't want to face Bromley at home the way they go away from home and set up. No, exactly. You know, I've got to, I must admit, Neil Smith was in there at Bromley and was doing a good job. Uh, and then, you know, the, the powers of be made a call to uh, relieve him of his duties. Andy Woodman's gone in there, and uh, well, it's uh, he's kept it. He's kept it. Well, he's done more than kept it going. He's actually got some results there, and. Uh, you're dead right. They've got people there in within that squad. They do set up really, really well, and they've got a marksman up there with uh, Michael Cheek who can always turn anything into a goal. So yeah, they're a, they're a side that's going to be a, a real threat if they can just get themselves into those uh, that, that final position, uh, those playoffs in that uh, you know uh, top seven. And yeah, they will be a, a real uh, difficult side to play against. No doubt about that. What about Chesterfield then, Mick? Do you think they'll stay in the playoffs? Well, again, we just said it's uh, they've had a bit of an up and down time, haven't they? Chesterfield, mm. they've had a little bit of an up and down time, similar to Notts County of, of late. And Notts County have got themselves, but you're right. I mean, Chesterfield will see that they've got they've got enough quality. That's the thing. They've got enough quality within that group. I've seen them play again, and uh, I was very, very impressed with their. Uh, uh, the way they went about their, their business, for a better word, uh, the way they sort of um, just made sure they set up, and they've they got two guys up top who make it difficult for opposition as well. And because uh, I keep going back, look, anyone of any of those sides could be in there. There's going to be one side going to be, you know, absolutely disappointed. Not just one, one or two sides are going to be absolutely disappointed that they're not going to get in those playoffs because it is it's there for the taking, for as we mentioned. 
And again, last game of the season next week, Halifax host Chesterfield. Again, a bit of a, a playoff decider there. And the one question mark you'd have against Halifax, because the home form, uh, if Halifax do get in the playoffs, they're good away from home. Currently, they're in 10th position, so they will need uh, at least... They will need at least a point and hope results go for them. Uh, a win would be more beneficial for them, whereas Chesterfield probably only need a point out of that game. So Halifax playing catch-up a little bit now. And as I say, that home form is the question mark. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, I saw Halifax at Dagenham Redbridge uh, last week. And um, Dagenham did a, did, a, you know, did a turn on them, you know, did a number on them, whatever you want to call it. I know they've been perhaps struggling a little bit of late of uh, getting there their full sort of uh, strength sides out. Uh, I know they've had injuries, and that's not helped them at this stage. But uh, they will see that. And as you mentioned, they're at home. Is that right next week, Luke? They mm. are at home. Uh, so, look, they've got that. They've got their fan base hopefully behind them to give them that push, that impetus, you know, that 12th man, whatever you want to call it, to try to get them to get them three points. And uh, I, I, I don't think a point will be enough. I really don't them I think they need to win that mm. and uh, see you know how the other games go so what, what a big game that is as well what a big game yeah, and it, it, it's amazing today. There was only one game where it had nothing really riding on it, and that was Altrincham against Yeovil, and that was an entertaining game as well. Altrincham were two 0 up at half time uh, before Yeovil got three two ahead, but then. Two goals in the last five minutes from Tom Pierce and Josh Hancock in the 92nd minute meant Aldrigham walked away with the three points. And it make it just goes to show that the, the, the National League this year, as I say, every game bar that Aldrigham game had something riding on it today for at least one of the teams yeah. playing. Yeah, exactly right. But, you know, you just called it as well. You know, you say nothing riding on the game, but as you say, it was a, an entertaining game of 4-3. So it just shows you the players that still want to finish the season strongly. And I'll go back to what I said, you know, when you're managing and you're coaching sides, these players have got something to prove. You never know who's watching, you never know who's listening, you never know, you know, who's looking at your performances, the way you warm up, the way you do things. So these players will know that. So every game is important for those boys who are going out there because they want to show what, you know, what they're about and uh, their ability and their technical work. So they're, they're always playing for contracts, these players. So uh, it's, it's, it's just great. It's a, and you know something, Luke, for me, I was a bit concerned, you know, how it was going to peter out this league. Mm. But it, it hasn't petered out. It hasn't. It's actually, I actually think it's got stronger, you know, because I was, uh, I was concerned, you know, with no fans and no relegation. I was concerned. But it's made, uh, it's really made me uh, sort of sit up and notice because it's been, it's been really, really good. Some excellent performances, some good games and uh, very, very competitive games indeed. Brill, well, Mick, thanks for that, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Yeah, thanks very much, Luke, and uh, again, thanks to all the boys on the uh, the podcast that uh, really contribute. You know, you guys do a great job for the, uh, the non-league setup, especially the National League as well, and we know. So, uh, you know, well done to all of you guys. So it's congratulations to Sutton United, who were champions of the National League after a 3-0 win over Hartlepool on Sunday. Thanks to goals from Robert Milson, Louis John and Isaac Owalafe live on BT Sport. A remarkable achievement and I caught up with Rob Worrell to have a quick chat about it. So Rob, is this one of the biggest achievements in National League history? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a magnificent achievement for a club the size of Sutton. 
Um, they've not, you know, they've held off the challenges of some huge clubs: Stockport, Torquay, Hartlepool, Wrexham, Chesterfield, Notts County. They've beaten all of those bigger clubs to the title, and they've done it with a week to spare. Uh, congratulations to uh, Matt Gray and his uh, management team. They can be very, very proud, and uh, I think it's probably just a shame, really, that uh, they've got to rip up that pitch and uh, um, rip up the community side of things, which is at the heart of that football club. Hopefully they find a way. We've seen teams in recent late years like Salford, Lincoln City, most recently Barrow and Harrogate Town go up into League 2 and do well. How do you think they will fare? Yeah, for quite a while now, teams that have gone up from the National League have done okay, particularly in their first season or two at EFL level. Sutton, of course, have already been competing against many uh, bigger clubs in the National League, just those uh, six or so teams that we've already mentioned that have finished behind them and are competing for the playoffs. Um, Matt Gray has good contacts, as does Jason Goodliffe and other members of the management team there. So uh, they'll, first of all, look and see who from their current squad uh, look capable of making the, the step up and... Uh, you know, then they work out where their where their gaps are and and how they need to fulfil. Uh, my money would be on Sutton holding their own in the uh, League Two next season. And do you think them ripping up the pitch will be a disadvantage for them as well? In terms of how they'll fare on the pitch, no, I don't think so. Um, although Sutton have obviously ended with a, a storming run of games at Gander Green Lane towards the end of the season. Um, they've fared pretty much just as well away from home as well. So 3G or no 3G. Um, and uh, I think they'll do all right in that respect. However, it's going to be a little bit harder for them off the pitch um, to continue to build on their label, their reputation, if you like, as a strong community club. I'm not saying they can't do it, but it's going to be a little bit more challenging for them because there's nothing like having the kids, the youngsters, the youth, the, the academy side, you know, playing on the same pitch as the first teamers and that natural line of progression being right in front of them. Many thanks to Rob for that. And that is it. Thank you very much for listening to NL Full Time this week. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at NL Full Time. And it's the same on Instagram as well. We'll be back next week. So take care and we'll see you all very soon.